Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich. I'm the host here. I am so glad that you've decided to spend some time with us today. We know as you head into this weekend, wow, you've got a lot going on. Um, and I'm just so thankful that you would take some time out to spend some time with us today. Um, I'm I'm honored to have Christine Kreischer with us on uh, the call. We've literally tried to do this for months because uh, she's a g- great leader and she's one of those people I couldn't let her go. I really wanted to make sure uh, that we got Christine on the show. And she's from a church called GT Church, which you've heard, if you're not following, you're going to want to, uh, particularly after today's conversation, you're going to want to get to know them uh, a little bit uh, better. Christine, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm so honored to be here. So you guys are in Pennsylvania. Good things do come out of Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, so you currently have two locations and, you know, quite a sprawling uh, ministry. What is your role there at, uh, at GT Church? I'm a connections pastor. Great. So um, anything having to do with the first time guest experience through discipleship is Perfect. what I oversee and help to manage the teams. And uh, yeah, I have an honor to do that. It's been a blast. Very cool. Well, I um, Christine wrote a book or was part of writing a book called, which I have on my Kindle, which is called Stop Recruiting, Start Retaining, which is a fantastic book. And the thing, I've, I've passed this around to some friends in ministry, and it's one of those books where when you read the title, that is the message of the book. Mm. Um, Stop recruiting, start retaining. It's a fantastic book, a really great read. And so I'm really looking forward to jumping into that. Why don't we start with, why did you write this book? Where kind of, where did that come from? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I had always felt like God was calling me to write a book, but never really Mm. felt um, like I could just never find the right thing. And Mm. so um, one day, my friend Darren, I was, actually I was sitting at a diner with a friend and she said to me, you've got to write a book. But I never wanted to write a book that would be self-serving. So let me tell you my story. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be something that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. And as I was sharing that with her, um, she said to me, well, I looked down at my phone actually, and Darren Kaiser, co-author of the book, mm-hmm. had texted me, literally, I, his text popped up on my phone and said, let's write a book. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, mm-hmm. But that was because he had just finished up his uh, PhD and mm-hmm. he did his thesis on volunteer retention, mm-hmm. did so much research. And he, um, in his thesis, he had a control group and a, an experimental group. And I was a part of his experimental group. Mm-hmm. I came to his church. He has a multi, they had a multi-site um, c- campus. And I mm-hmm. went to the one campus and um, did some training with their volunteers, some um, just inspirational things mm. and was a part of that. And he, he just said, I love your stories. Let's combine my research with your stories and mm. your, you know, years of experience. I've been in ministry now for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so started, that's what we You did. started when you were four years old. I did. Yes. Thank you so <laughs> much for that. <laughs> that's great. Now, one of the things that sticks out is this zero recruitment model. I know that there are church leaders that are listening in today that would say, okay, sure. If I stop recruiting, my ministry is going to go careening off a cliff pretty quickly. Um, so I want to dig into that. When you say zero recruitment, you don't really actually mean zero recruitment, right? What do you mean by that? Yeah, we do mean <laughs> zero recruitment. But, but what we mean is we want to get to a place where um, our volunteers are doing the recruiting for us mm-hmm. because our volunteer culture is so sticky mm-hmm. and so irresistible that people, they stay and they, they recruit their friends. And great leaders are also developed out of that whole mm-hmm. process because you're caring for people so, so well. 
So yeah, it is possible. And you know, every time I've spoken at different um, conferences and retreats, people, volunteer leaders constantly say, I just, I need you to help me recruit. I need you to help me recruit. Mm. And after years of hearing that, it really, I began to to think about, is it really what they, is what they Mm. need recruiting help or Mm -hmm. do they need to help, do they need help with their culture? Right. And so, um, I, and I really believe the answer is found in culture. And mm. there's, there's four strategies um, that we talk about in the book that really do help to create an irresistible volunteer culture. Nice. Well, if you've been around on seminary for a while, you know that I like numbered lists. So <laughs> let's start with number one. What, is, what could we do to really start moving towards um, you know, zero recruitment, uh, a zero recruitment model? Yeah. The first thing that we can do is, um, well, can I just back up and just yes. say the first thing that we need to do is have a mindset shift. Mm. Um, and that's hard to say, and I won't try to say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dangerous thing to say sometimes, but um, sometimes we we view volunteers as um, numbers. Mm. We don't mean to, but we're mm. so busy and we're so focused and on a mission that we forget that they're people. Mm. They're people with stories. They're gifts, mm. right? And I believe that one day we'll stand before a holy God and be held accountable for the way that we steward those gifts. Mm. And so that's the first thing we have to do. We have to remember that they're people. We have to remember that it's so important for us to not just fill volunteer vacancies, but to find volunteers fits so that they can thrive. Mm. And not just in their volunteer role, but in life. Because when you add value to people's lives, Mm -hmm. it changes everything. Mm. And so that's the first thing. It's just that shift in in perspective and um, having the mentality of not just um, finding a fit, not just finding, filling a role, but finding a fit, finding their sweet spot, mm. because when you find their fit, they won't quit. Mm. So, yeah. Wow, there's a lot packed in there. You know, I know, I think for churches, this is an important thing for churches to unlock. I think sometimes we look at volunteers as a means to an end. So yeah. we look at them as like, hey, th- they're going to get a job done for us. Now, what I've noticed is th- gr- growing, thriving churches look at volunteers as the end that actually this is an incredible way to develop people and we start with how do we help and grow people through their volunteer experience through them engaging with us and that through that then this incredible thing starts to happen where people actually want to be a part of this rather than seeing this as like gosh we need to find people we say how do we and that that's huge that's a massive shift i think particularly for churches that are growing that's one of those mind shifts that you have to make you have to say how do we use this as a as a growing um you know piece so what are some practical ways some practical steps that we could do even within our church to begin kind of transitioning that mindset the first thing we can do is assess our culture mm. because if I gave you every volunteer you needed and I found the perfect fit for all of them, if the culture isn't right, they're not going to stick, right? Mm. So we've got to first start there and, and assess that. And in the volunteer in this uh, volunteer project, Stop Recruiting, Start Retaining, we provide you with a tool that you can use to for the leader to mm. assess their culture. And then what's really cool is you send that same survey, or actually it's a little bit a different variation of it, to your volunteers, mm-hmm. and they get to tell you anonymously <laughs> what your survey, which, what your culture is really like, and then there's a sync report that actually shows you like where you're doing really, really well, mm-hmm. and some areas that you need to focus in, and those are the, the four strategies where you can begin to break down and say, okay, here's where we're doing awesome, mm-hmm. and so celebrate that, mm-hmm. and, um, but then here's where we can really use some improvement, and then we give you practical strategies on how to, how to make some changes any kind of interesting stories that have come out as you've as either you've done that kind of syncing up or that you've heard other churches as they've done that 
as far as syncing up their oh yeah, yeah as as they've actually said hey this is what we think and then this is yeah. what our people think you know what's the difference between those two yeah on a personal level there's mm -hmm. been times where i've sent surveys to my volunteers and i thought i was knocking it out of the park <laughs> i'm amazing yes. i'm inspiring you know yes. like it's, they're having fun it's yes. great and early on in ministry when i was leading my first uh, team of volunteers I really did. I thought, man, I've just, I've got this vision. They're having yes. fun. This is awesome. And then I sent a survey and I got some feedback that, yeah, you're fun and you're inspiring, but you know, you're not really telling me what you want me to do. Yes. Yeah. It's not clear to me. Like, what do you want from me? How do I know I'm winning? And right. that was eye opening for me. And that was an opportunity for me to say, I I'm not going to use my personality as an excuse to not value people. Mm. And so things really began to change and shift. And we hear the same thing from church leaders that, that take the survey, the zero risk um, survey, or zero risk, I'm sorry, the um, zero model recruitment sur sur survey, and they say that um, it is surprising to them because it's fresh perspective, mm -hmm. you know, and we all need that. We need to give our volunteers a voice. Mm -hmm. They need to be heard because when they feel heard, it's another thing that, that adds value and they, they stick. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know, I, I know, you know, big part of leadership, the first step of leadership has been said actually is just to define reality. Like we have to start mm -hmm. with where are things actually yeah. today? I think sometimes we, and sometimes particularly leaders who, and obviously I sense, and I, you tell that story in the book and I was like, oh, I can resonate with that. It's like, we're having fun and casting vision, but <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I think I've done that. Um, but I think particularly for leaders who are more visionary and who are more, you know, um, kind of future oriented, we can we can kid ourselves into saying, no, it's a great experience uh, because we're we're living in this kind of dreamland. And we may not that may not actually be connected to reality. And so obviously, you know, taking even taking a survey that you provide in your book is a great starting point for people. Now, uh, that has to move from into some sort of process, I'm assuming, has to move into like, how do we actually step through you know, kind of ensuring that there, you know, is a kind of a great service experience for people. What are you doing at GT to kind of help that? Well, we have, there's four strategies. And mm -hmm. so I'll go over them quickly and then we okay. can kind of break them down. But sure. um, celebrate their significance is mm -hmm. the first one. Mm -hmm. The next one is providing first class support mm -hmm. for people, mm -hmm. um, fuel meaningful connections. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is empower their passions. Okay. And so um, I know for me as a new volunteer in this church, I came from a an unchurched background, I mm. mean crazy, crazy childhood and mm -hmm. um, got saved in my early 20s and mm. started coming to GT Church mm -hmm. and I was lost. I, I hid in the back for about a year and a half just because I was hurt and I just needed to heal mm -hmm. and then somebody gave me the opportunity to tap me on the shoulder and they said, hey, we would love for you to be a part of kids ministry. Mm. We know you like kids and we know you like to cook um, and so someone was, was watching, mm. someone was being intentional in mm. that. And then what happened was through a series of months and then years, of course, somebody came alongside of me mm. and they provided those four things for me. Mm. They came alongside and they said, you know, I see something in you and I want to connect your gifts and the way that God has uniquely wired you, even in your mess, because it was part, it's the number one catalyst for spiritual growth. I really do believe that when we mm. step out in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and so she believed in me. Mm -hmm. She gave me that opportunity to connect my gifts to the vision of this church and mm -hmm. how God wanted to use me to fulfill the vision of the church. Everything I did from cooking with kids in a kitchen um, mm. to, you know, eventually preaching. You know, and so it's important that we, we provide that significant opportunity for people to be a part of something so much bigger mm. than themselves. They want that. They crave that. Mm. It, people have jobs, you know, mm. and so they're looking for meaning. And so that was huge. 
And then she also provided that support by mm-hmm. making sure that I had all the tools I needed to be mm-hmm. successful. Um, volunteers, who, go ahead. What does that look like when you talk about first class support? It's one thing to provide support. What would you say differentiates between kind of first class support and just average support? Mm. Sometimes we just throw people into a role. Mm. We don't we don't take them through a healthy training process. Mm-hmm. We don't um, take the time to really figure out how they're wired. Mm-hmm. We don't um, give them parameters. We don't mm-hmm. sometimes give them even budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like this is how much you can spend to do what you need mm-hmm. to do. Or mm-hmm. um, we don't appreciate them the way that sometimes we think we appreciate people because we walk through halls and we go, hey, great job. So glad you're here. You know, you're awesome. But it's that unique appreciation. It's figuring out. I, we do something with our volunteers called What Floats Your Boat. Mm. I think it was a Craig Jutilla thing years okay, ago yep. I, I had learned where we have a list of questions we give to our volunteers early on to figure out what they like. You know, mm. what's your favorite drink at Starbucks? You mm. know, tell us about your family. Tell us your favorite donut, things like mm. that, that we're able to then, when we want to appreciate them, we can do it in a unique way that resonates with who they uniquely are. Right. And that's so, so important. Absolutely. That, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, when you talk about meaningful connections, you mm-hmm. know, trying to get people plugged in, um, you know, what does that look like? How, how are you doing in that in your ministry? Yeah, there's a couple of different things that we do there because, again, we can just throw people into roles. Mm. Um, and I was guilty of this years right. ago, just like, okay, here's here's what you need to do, go do it. Do, do and it. then, yeah. And then one day, I, I remember saying to um, some of my, my volunteers, asking a question to my volunteers, and it became very apparent they didn't even know each other. Mm. Like they were serving with each other every weekend, and they right. didn't even know each other. Oh, and gosh. so we started to huddle up our teams. We started to get them together. Thirty minutes before um, each service. And I know like for leaders that 30 minutes, what we can't what even get our volunteers doing? to come on time. Yes. Um, our vol- I would say 90, I would say about 90% of our volunteers come 30 minutes early to mm. huddle up with one another because it's meaningful. We share prayer requests quickly. We share prayer requests, we cast vision, we give like the last minute, you know, changes for the day or things they need to know. We pray together and then we encourage like we're going to do a bonfire at the end of this month um, Mm. of our teams. hundred people and their families are going to come out and we're going to just have fun. Yes. Um, It's important to remember that people already have jobs. Yes. So you've got to make it fun. Right. You've got to make it fun. And you've got to you've got to give volunteers that sense of, I belong here. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a number. Mm-hmm. I'm not on an island, but I mm-hmm. actually belong here. Mm-hmm. And there's ways that, that we can definitely do that. I know for us at, at our church, um, one of the things I've said to our leaders all the time is, listen, we need our people. I obviously say this to staff. Um, you know, we need our people to do a task. But what they want us, what they want out of it is relationship. Yeah. And and we have to make sure that we're baking into the process an opportunity for them to get to know each other. For us, a big part of the way we do that is we actually on if you serve on Sundays at any of our campuses, we're going to provide you a meal. So we actually serve breakfast and lunch. Um, well, breakfast at all our campuses, and well, actually all our campuses we serve lunch too. Um, some people stay for both and it's not an insignificant expense. It's, it's a lot of, it's a, in fact, we're in budgeting season right now as we're looking to next year and every year it comes up again. It's like, gosh, do we really want to spend all this money on feeding people? But for me, what it it really drives to this meaningful connections piece that every week we're providing an opportunity for our people to sit down and connect with each other and talk with each other Mm -hmm. um, and build relationship and friendship over you know, 
a you know ham and egg and cheese sandwich you know and that's it's significant and and i think for leaders we can ignore those things because we think but that doesn't help us ensure that they show up on time or that doesn't help us ensure that they know what they're supposed to do in kids well what it does over the long haul is they develop relationship um for sure you know with uh, with people the fourth category you talked about was empower their passions um, don't we just need them to do stuff for us? Why are we empowering their passions? Obviously, I'm being facetious. Uh, yeah. Tell me about uh, you know part part four really here. Yeah, so many times if we don't give our volunteers parameters, if we if we're not clear on what our vision and our strategy is and what the mm-hmm. win statement is mm-hmm. for for that ministry, um, they'll create their own. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be. And so we want to empower people with the tools that they need. Yes. We want to give them the parameters. And then we want to set them free to lead. We don't want to micromanage, mm-hmm. right? They, they're all unique. They have great personalities and gifts that are all unique to them. And so we want to be sure that they're able to, to we want to set them free to be able to, to lead and, and minister in their unique way, mm-hmm. but within the parameters that mm-hmm. we set for them so that they don't create their own. Just creates a much healthier culture and environment. Fantastic. There's a lot we could cover here. In fact, yeah. there's a book full of content. Um, <laughs> obviously, we're going to encourage people. L- listen, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you realize I don't have a lot of authors on my on my podcast. In fact, I turn down more authors than I have on because a lot of times it's just chilling for books. I only have authors on that I really want people to pick up their book. And this is one of those books. And so I really hope that you'll... Um, you know, buy this book. I'm not getting anything off this. Well, I guess if you buy it through my link on my site, I'll get something from Amazon. But it's, <laughs> I really do want you to pick it up. I think this is a great book, particularly for church staff. I think if you're on staff at a church, I think this would be a great book for you to buy, have with your team and wrestle through what we're talking about here. Because we're talking about a significant shift. I know for me, it's a challenge. When I read this book, I was like, gosh, man, there's so much we need to work on. And I feel like we have a pretty positive volunteer um, culture at our church. And I think we have a long ways to go. So Christine, before we jump onto the rest of the episode, is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, I think one of the things that all ministry leaders need is for their jobs to be easier, mm-hmm. right? And I think that when you, like you said, you read the book and you're like, oh gosh, there's work to be done. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Once you do that work and you are intentional about making some changes and, and helping to create an irresistible culture, your job gets so much easier because your volunteers are sticking, mm-hmm. because they're doing your recruiting for you, and the leaders that emerge from a culture like this, I can't even begin to tell you mm-hmm. <laughs> about that. I mean, and that's something we could talk about forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the most rewarding things that come out of that. When people find their calling, mm-hmm. when they find their, you know, like they come alive and you get to have a front row seat in that, there's nothing like that. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Today we've had Christine Kreischer on the phone. It's been a great conversation talking through uh, her book, uh, which is all about volunteer retention and really stopping recruiting and starting uh, volunteering. So, Christine, we're going to ask you a couple questions that we ask everybody that's on uh, the show. What is an online resource that you're using these days uh, that's helping you out? I'll tell you. I'm, so I'm just dabbling with Evernote now and loving okay, that. Yes. So that's helping with um, message preparation and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people know about that, mm-hmm. I would think. That, you know, <laughs> yes. So, um, but one thing that I am loving right now, I'm, I'm learning and just became certified in something called Zero Risk. Hmm. And it's actually a hiring tool. Hmm. Um, it's based on the Hartman Kinzel profile. Hmm. Um, but it is not just a hiring tool. There's also so much more. There's a leadership development program that goes along with it. And hmm. so we're starting to implement some of those things with our staff, certainly using it as a hiring tool. And it has revolutionized hmm. the last several hires, the way that we hire and, and the people that we've selected. Um, 
phenomenal, phenomenal. Very cool. School. So that's just the um, zero risk assessment. Is that zero? What would you, if we were looking for that, where would we find that online? Yeah. Um, so clear direction is leadership development tool. Zero mm -hmm. risk is something that you could just Google just search. search. Yeah. Okay. And the Hartman Kinzel. Okay, great. Um, what's a book you've read in the last six months or so that's, you know, had an impact in, on your ministry and thinking? Oh, I, I'm going to talk on a personal level right now because there's cool. tons of great books out there for yep. ministry. Um, but just as it pertains to self-care, mm -hmm. um, as ministry leaders, it's something that we don't always do such a great job mm. in. And I really believe it breaks breaks God's heart. Mm. Um, and so The Best Yes by mm. Lisa Turst has been uh, so life-giving to mm. me personally. Very cool. Yeah, love it. Very cool. What's another ministry you're looking to that you're learning from these days? Besides yours? Oh, Besides well, you and on. your oh, awesome nice. blogs. And oh, no, I'm on. serious. You have been, <laughs> um, I was just talking to our pastoral staff yesterday about your coaching. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember, it was probably mm -hmm. about two years ago as I started to take on assimilation and discipleship. I, mm -hmm. I just reached out to you and said, would you... I was amazed. You spent an hour and a half on the phone with me. And mm. I, at the end, I was like, how much do I owe you? And you were like, Christine, I'm just, I'm loving to just talk with you mm. and strategize with you. And those were huge moments for us. Mm. Um, North Point Ministries, of course, Rethink, um, Reggie Joyner mm -hmm. has been such a huge inspiration in my life and in my family's life. And so mm. that's huge. Cool. Yeah. So Good. And then my friend, Kerry Newhoff, I know you said you really yeah. like him as well. He's a, such a great Love guy. Kerry. I always want to push people towards Kerry. He's a it's fantastic okay. leader for sure, definitely. Mm -hmm. And if you're not watching this, you've got a big orange wall behind you. Which I is, do. Which is always <laughs> a giveaway to people in ministry. I'm like, oh, clearly they've been to orange, so which is fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, all great, fantastic ministries. If you could get uh, 15 minutes alive with any leader today, um, with any leader that's alive today, who would you want to get that with and why? Mm. I'd have to say Andy Stanley. Mm. Um, I just so appreciate his authentic leadership. Mm -hmm. um, the way that he thinks strategically, I just love that. Oh, um, so true. Yeah, he's just been, his book, Deep and Wide, I mean, it was like sitting down and having a conversation with him. Fantastic. That was a huge one for us as well. Absolutely. He's a little bit of the Pope, let's be honest. You know, yeah, I, right? I think, uh, you know, I, we all would like to kiss Andy Stanley's ring at some day, some point. So I probably shouldn't say that because that probably just disqualified me from ever meeting him. Actually, you know, it's a funny story. We've got, I'm going to see if I can dig it up. We've got this picture years ago. Uh, we took our staff to uh, down to their their conference, the Drive conference, mm -hmm. and we were like, the, I think it was like the second most people from a single church or something like that. And so they had this lunch for our lead guy, Tim, with Andy, and, and they got this picture, him and Andy standing together, and Andy looks so uncomfortable to be standing oh. beside Tim. It's like he's got his arm around him and he's like, uh, I got to see if I can find that picture and put it on the uh, on the podcast uh, notes here because it's a fantastic image. So oh, that's funny. I uh, love, uh, love Andy Stanley for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I know you're busy. Uh, there's a lot of incredible things going on. At some point, we'll probably be hearing from GT Church again. There's some incredible things that have happened at this church in the last you know six months to a year that I'm hoping at some point you know, in the future we'll be able to talk more about on the on the podcast. If you're not following them, you should. Um, but I'm sure things are busy there. You're an author, um, you know, helping a lot of church leaders. When you're doing all that, um, how do you just have fun? What do you do to kick back and relax? Oh, a couple different things. I, well, I love hanging out with my my husband, and mm. I have three boys, oh, nice. 26, 18, and 16. Wow. And so we love to just go to the lake and fish and hang out. But I also love to travel. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been just blessed to go to a couple of different uh, places. And um, cool. Dubai has been my favorite. Wow. And, yeah. So that's been that was. What was Dubai like? What did you like about that? 
Oh, I love the people. Mm. I loved the ethnic diversity. I mm. loved, we went actually, it was through Orange, Darren mm. Kaiser and mm. his wife Becky and uh, Steph, co-authors of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, we went, actually the bones of the book were written in Dubai because we did a lot of family ministry training uh, there. Interesting, cool. With a church called Gateway Church and um, it was just incredible. Everything is bigger, better, cleaner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the food right. was amazing. Yes. Um, yeah, so that was just an incredible opportunity. And Very then cool. last year went on a missions trip to Kenya and went uh, on. wow. A safari in the Masemara Reserve, and oh my goodness! Oh, uh, very cool, very cool. Well, we could geek out about that. I was on safari last summer in Rwanda in Akagera, oh. and it was same. I put it up there with one of my top five days of the, my entire life. It was incredible. So. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for being on the episode. So glad that you could spend some time with us today. Um, how can people get in touch with you or with the church? Um, you know, more about the book. We'll have links about in it in the show notes. So you can go over there and check that out at Unseminary. Um, but if you know you want more information, how can people do that? Yeah, we have a website, stoprecruiting.com. Mm-hmm. You can go get some information. There's a lot of tools on that um, website as well. Mm-hmm. Things that we didn't get to talk about today, our serve process, our new volunteer mm-hmm. process. Um, So some practical things Mm -hmm. that you can actually start to utilize right away. Um, And then that gives you information about the book and where to get the book as well. Um, On Twitter, I'm Christine Kreish, K-R-E-I-S-H. And uh, yeah, so our church, we have a Facebook page, GT Church. I would Mm -hmm. say definitely Mm -hmm. check that out. We have an awesome, um, our our lead pastor is coming back to preach for the first time after a horrific Mm -hmm. accident four months Mm -hmm. ago. And so um, it's going to be an incredible weekend here. So pray for us, if you would, please. For sure, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for being on the episode today. Uh, Always fun. And like I say, I know I've already kind of chilled for your book a little bit, but I would encourage uh, church leaders who are listening in to get a chance to read it. Uh, I think it'll challenge you and your team to think a little bit differently about volunteers. So thanks so much for being on the show today, Christine. Thank you, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.